way. Yo, I just listened to like ten seconds of your other podcast. Did you like it? You know you can use like Zoom and record the yeah. whole thing, like audio, so it's not like you're recording someone through speakerphone. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, but it's it can only go like forty minutes, I think, if you're doing with the Zoom. It's the only problem because I don't have the plan, you know. Yeah, but I, I think it's the quality is just so much. It's worth it, right? It's worth redialing you, and then cutting. I don't know. You want to you want to do this on Zoom or or do you you think it'd be cool with this? Uh no, I'm just I'm just letting you know. I'm just just at some, feedback listening. At some point, like, if you, I'll if try. You, if you're to. listening, if you're listening to a podcast and you hear someone like talking through a speakerphone, it's kind of kind of rough, right? Yeah, do, were you able to understand what the person was saying good enough? Or? Mm, it was pretty blurred. Really? Yeah. With uh, with Akash? Did you listen to Akash's one? I think I was just listening to something with your grandpa. Oh, yeah. Well, with, with my grandpa, I'm doing it. Uh, he, we're not doing it on the phone. We're doing that on uh, – he's doing FaceTime. Uh, okay, okay. So, yeah, that's more blurry. But I think on the phone it's better. I tried it with, like, Akash and, and some other guys. And it and it worked fine with the with the phone, but yeah, with the FaceTime, that yeah, it definitely is blurry. But with my grandpa, you know, that's mainly just we we just been getting some philosophy in, you know, and uh, and the the podcast that's cool, people can listen to that. But but it's it's more just just me me getting getting ideas from him what I've been doing. But hey hey, so bro, what's going on, man? How you liking uh, being back in the United States? Um, it's it's been okay. So, ups and downs, but uh, yeah, I recently uh, got engaged. So wow, nice man, that's awesome. So I'm happy, happy about that. And as far as business wise, things are going slow, obviously because of of COVID. I've always been slow. And uh, so what's yeah, what? just trying to navigate th- navigate through this these circumstances. It's been interesting. What's going on with the business right now? What are you doing exactly? Um, we're just looking for new customers. So we do long range wireless. Yeah. And we're looking we're looking for like government entities, like utility companies, um, system integrators who want to use our technology, our wireless technology. And initially, when I came out here, there were a bunch of customers lined up with meetings, and I was going to fly around the U.S. and and, and meet them face to face. And then, like forty eight hours after I landed, they announced the lockdown. So. Been kind of unlucky, yeah. but God lined up bigger and better things. Like I, I met someone, and I'm gonna get married soon. So awesome! Um, it's pretty cool. What about you? What are you? What have you been up to, Mark? Shoot, I've just been working on uh, you know, just studying, getting stuff with the quadrant models, studying that stuff. Just uh, did I tell you I was playing at Compton College this summer? I told you that, right? Or? No, I was, I was playing at playing at Compton College, playing basketball. Oh, really? On yeah. the team? On the team, yeah. What happened was uh, at first, because apparently I talked to this this uh, this coach up at University of Los Angeles. Um, it's a it's a like a Division three school in in Compton, and the yeah. coach and the coach was like, you know, if you redshirted at UC San Diego, you can play you can play at our Division three school, NAIA. Yeah. So I was like, yep. so I was like, all right, well, I'll do that. So then I, I went to play with him. But then one of my teammates over there was like, hey, let's try out for the Compton College team. And yeah. and the thing was like, my you, you know you know my my shot and everything was terrible up at UCSD. But that's a long story. I could explain that to you later, Jay. But but you know I I, I kind of fixed up my shot a lot. I fixed up my game a lot from looking at videos that I had. So yeah. 
I was playing pretty well. And then the coach at, at Compton College, he was like, yeah, hey, I want you on our team this year. Yeah. Compton College is, is junior college, so you could also play. I could either play Division three or D- junior college. So I was like, oh, I'm going to play over here. So then I, I played with them for the rest of the summer. Um, you know, we did a lot of scrimmages and stuff. It was fun. But then the third week of practice, I sprained my ankle. And, you know, I had to be, oh, no. I had to go to Compton College. You know, we were going to Compton College every day. And that was like an hour drive for me. And I had a sprained yeah. ankle. And it was really bad. And then so I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm not going to, com- you know, go the rest of the school year with a sprained ankle just to play basketball here, you know. And I have to take all the classes too. You had to, I still have to take classes. So I was like, oh, forget that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you had to take classes just to play, play basketball? Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess you do. So you have to do like the minimum credits or something like that. Yeah, so I was doing like the minimum credits. But what I, I think what, what I'm going to try to do now is I can still play NAIA somewhere. So I'm just going to wait till the pandemic's over. And I'm going to try to find a, a Division three school to play somewhere at some point wow. yeah. and then I, I, I'm thinking I could just probably you know it's, it's not worth going to like Compton College I'll probably go to a school where I can try to get like a PhD or something you know yeah yeah or I mean you already graduated from UC San Diego right yeah yeah I graduated I got a bachelor's degree so yeah what what, what did you major in um psychology psychology oh cool what, what do you major in I well I left after two years I transferred out of UC San Diego, if you remember, and I went to USF, yeah, yeah. and uh, I didn't really do any studying there. My major says business administration, but all we did it was ball, so nice. definitely no learning for me. Hey, so, so Jay, you ready to start up this podcast? Yeah, let's do it. All right. <clears throat> hey, what's up, everybody? I'm with, uh, I've had, I've had some best friends over my life at different times. Uh, up in elementary school, my best friend was Brandon Sherman. And uh, and it's no coincidence these, these friends were the ones who, who, who remained in contact with me throughout the years, even contact with me, even after 2014, after things went a little bit crazy for a little bit. These guys still remain in contact with me, still kept up with me. And, uh, and you know, that showed, that's, that means a lot to me. Uh, then in, uh, in middle school, my best friend was Malik Story. He was uh, number one, made more three-pointers in Nevada than anybody at Nevada College out of anybody in history. He played, uh, right now he's playing, he's playing professional basketball. He played all over, the, uh, you know, in Europe, in Canada, and he remained in contact with me. And I'm still in contact with Malik. And then in high school, my best friend was Ronaldo Woolridge, the number one basketball player in California. He, he was number one ranked. And uh, we went to high school together, and we did everything together. And and he's still, and he's one of the only guys that still remain in contact with me. And he's gonna have me on his podcast. He says pretty soon to uh, to 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 go over some things. He has a really cool philosophical podcast. This dude's he's a philosopher, and he's a great basketball player, and he's a rapper. And then in college, my freshman year, I had a best friend, and that was Jay Way. Like Jay Way is he's done some he's done amazing things, man. He's he, I, I played basketball with him at UC San Diego. Um then he then he went to the big leagues. He went to play at University of San Francisco. Um Division One college. And then he went to play professional basketball in Taiwan after that. So that's that's amazing stuff. And 
and he's just in, in, you know he's, it's always been incre- incredible with with Jay because he like I said he this guy's philosophical he's he's intelligent he's, he's we, we we've done a like just just in just in college everything this guy was was amazing presence to be around and I you know unfortunately he he left UC San Diego uh, my sophomore year to play at University of San Francisco <clears throat> but it, but. Um, but he's, you know, we, we've, we've remained in contact and, uh, today I'm going to just, you know, talk to Jay, ask him a little bit about his life and, uh, just about what he's doing. And it turns out, you know, we, you know, Jay, Jay was just, you know, was just talking to me saying that he's going to get married. And, uh, so, so what's going on, Jay? Hey, Martin, thanks for having me on your podcast and I appreciate those kind words. I definitely <laughs> resonate with, uh, that friendship we built. At UC San Diego, those were good times. I remember when we first met, there were those, those uh, back-to-school dances. Oh, and, my uh, gosh. We thought that the coolest thing was to show off our muscles. Oh, my gosh. In college. He's, and, a, he's a comedian, uh, too. Like, you asked me, hey, do you have an extra white beater? And then I, I gave you one of my white beaters, and we rolled oh. up to all the school dances wearing white beaters. And as I reflect on it, uh, yeah. I definitely thought we looked like idiots, but it's okay. At the time, we thought we looked cool. Dude, I can't believe we did that, and I didn't even remember that until you mentioned it. <laughs> and you still have my white beard. You owe me my white beard back. Dude, <laughs> dude, everybody who's ever let me borrow anything has never got it back, Jay. That's right. <laughs> but I'm, 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 I'm better, I'm better now, though, bro. Like, I was super disorganized back then. My mind was not in a good state, dude. You know that. <laughs> I couldn't. I, I was barely functioning. I was barely at a functional level at that point in my life, and and uh, but I had a blast with you going to those dances. Yeah, that was super fun. And then yeah, we were wearing wife beaters. I didn't remember that, but we were buff back then, so that was okay. <laughs> and you've always been the most genuine person. I feel like you said you didn't have your mind right, but at the same time, you were the most authentic. And you would say everything and anything that was on your mind, whether you would make other people uncomfortable, um, you would just say say it regardless. And I thought that was very, very refreshing. Because I think in college, freshman year, everyone's trying to act like somebody. Everyone's putting up layers and layers of, of guard. And um, you have to peel back the onion to really understand who the people are. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you, every time you interacted with somebody, you just were yourself. You said what was on your mind. If you disagreed, you disagreed. Um, yeah, I just always appreciated the authenticity. So I always felt it refreshing to talk to Ryan Merkel and share my thoughts, even if they were controversial or we disagreed or we butt-headed. You were always open and very, very real when it came to discussing. So, yeah, oh, I think that's where our relationship was kind of um, built upon, is just being real and being authentic, regardless of... Um, if we butted heads. I don't ever remember butting heads with you, Jay. <laughs> I don't ever remember that. I don't know. We, we, we might have butted heads. Well, not, it wasn't like a very heated argument, but it was about talking about um, you getting the playing time you deserve or you thinking uh, that you should get better treatment. No, well, now I know that I, I didn't deserve better treatment, dude. I should not have been playing, dude. I was – my game was in the, at an all-time low. I was – I was the thing was I – I don't know if I ever explained this to you, Jay, but I didn't know this at the time. But the reason why my shot was so messed up was, you know, growing up, I was always subconscious when I shot. I never thought about it. And then in the seventh grade, my dad got me the shoot-away machine. 
And yes. the thing, and the thing was, what, when he got me it, at the same you time, told me a story. yeah, I started. You told me a story. I know okay. exactly this story. Okay. You, you've told me this when we were in college. I'm. I'm did I tell you? The thing that we might put heads heads on even more is because I don't think the shootaway machine. I, I understand it. It's like a barrier that's not realistic, and because yeah. the net is higher than the rim, oh, yeah, yeah. it could it could result in like a a a no. an unhealthy arc. But yeah. I don't think it should change the form of your shot. Well, I'll I'll I'll, t I'll explain it to you. I'll explain it to you right now, and I'm gonna sh I'm, I'll send you a video. I have videos showing it. But you know, at the time, I, I thought the same. Well, at the time, I, I thought it was yeah, maybe because of the the arc. But when I was looking at the videos, this is why what, what I figured out. You see, when I was younger, and, and this is what happened is I was started shooting overhead too, like like more higher at this time. So my dad didn't recognize that, the, how to fix it. So if you're picking the ball off of a rack, if you look at the videos when I was younger, I was really considered the best shooter in the nation. I really was. I was playing with with South Coast. That's the number one team in the nation. I played with the yeah. pe the Pimler Ballers. That's the number one team in the nation. I was considered yeah. the best shooter in the nation. And I was making like five, six threes a game all the time, playing at AU Nationals, doing all that stuff. I won an AU National Championship, and I was a starter on all those teams. Yeah. The best teams in the nation, I was a starter. I was considered one of the best players in the nation. What happened was I started – you see, when I when I got the shooting machine, at the same time, I started shooting higher because my dad wanted me to not shoot at my chest, but he wanted me to shoot higher. So I, so I, I was doing that. So I think that my dad didn't understand. So he thought, okay, I'm shooting different because I'm shooting higher. But if I'm picking up off of a rack – I looked at the videos and 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 I didn't really figure this out until I was really playing at Compton College actually about it's really about how you move into it and before I was doing side skips skipping into it but other other than that I was what I was doing when I was playing at Compton College was I was backing up into my shots. And I'm not going to get into details. So I want to make people think about it. But but when I was picking up off of the rack, I noticed when I was looking at the videos when I was younger, when I was considered a great shooter, I would first off be moving into it in a certain way, and I'm not going to describe it because I want to make people conscious, but in a way that you can't do if you're picking a ball off a rack. Number two, I would step to the left with my left foot pointed way out. When I got the shootaway machine, I'll tell you this, Jay, and this is what my dad did too. My dad actually, he, he included messing it up. I couldn't step to the left, and I couldn't step with my left foot out. So when I'm, pick, and when I'm, when I'm picking a ball off of the rack, I was picking, my, my left foot would be straight forward because I can't step to the left or I'm going to step into the rack. So, so I'm picking a ball off a rack, and then I have my left foot straight forward. And then even to make it worse, I had a friend who had a shooting machine named Nick Turley. He plays in the Major League Baseballs right now, Major League Baseball League. And I just got in contact with him. He said that he hopefully has DVDs of when we played, when 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 I won the national championship and stuff like that. So so, but but he but he had a shoot away too. And he shot with his left. He was left-handed, but he shot with his right foot straight forward because because he because you know he's picking the ball off of a rack. But but he was a good shooter. He's he's a great athlete. He's playing Major League Baseball right now. But, but he was a good shooter, but that's the way he shot. So I remember when, when I got the shooting machine and, and my shot started getting weird, my dad started telling me, yeah, put, shoot like Nick. Shoot with your left foot straight forward. And, and, and so I'm picking the ball off the rack, and I start shooting with my left foot straight forward. And this is how when it all started to deteriorate. So my dad's saying, yeah, shoot left foot straight forward and put your right foot to the, to the right. Well, when I, shot, when I looked at the videos when I was in college, I noticed I would shoot with my left foot to the side and my right foot straight forward. The exact opposite. But that's what my dad told me to do. And, and, and I think it's because he thought that that's how Nick, Nick Turley, you know, great, great shooter. That's how he shot. And I don't, I don't, you know, it's just really, it's just ignorance on my dad's part, to be honest. So then I start shooting like that. I'm shooting my left foot straight forward and I'm shooting my right foot. And now it's all, all mechanical. It's to all. Be, to be devil's advocate. Yeah. You know, I love you. But yeah. uh, to be devil's advocate, I think that every dad in the whole entire world who has a, a son that plays basketball gives their sons pointers. 
and I want to say it's a hit or miss. And no one gives like the exact every dad oh, yeah. in their son's eyes is like correct. And definitely for my dad, my dad definitely does not have anywhere close to a a model shooting form. Yeah, well, well th- th- that's but at the end of the day, yeah. as a player, as an individual. I mean, you're we're, we're not we're not on the court with our dad, and we're not at real practices with our dad constantly. I mean, of course, in the backyard, yeah, we hear their influence, but at the end of the day, um, we still had that freedom yeah. and that, that decision of whether to kind of adopt it or whatever feels right for us. Well, and, yeah. I mean, we're, we're creatures of habit, so we end up doing what works for us. So, yeah, exactly, but but that's the thing. My shooting form is completely different than my dad because it's just we're creatures of habit, and what my form, my form worked out for me because I continue to see it go in. Yeah, and I think that if you continually saw your your shot not go in, I think it would be well. Well, that's almost it would be it would be a sense for you to to it, make adjustments. And and I did, and and that's that's the thing. So so like I said, I was such a good shooter when I was younger because I was subconscious. And even when I was younger, my dad my dad actually helped me. My dad would say shoot sideways, and that's the thing when I got the shoot away. He would say shoot sideways, and I did, but I didn't know that I had my left foot shooting out because I I didn't think when I played. I didn't think at all, and that's why I was the best because I did not think. I did not know what I was doing. But then, and that's why I got so screwed up, was because when I got the shooting machine, if you look at what, what if you look at the videos I got when I was a, when I was a, in eighth grade and a freshman in high school and stuff after the shooting machine, I'm hopping into my shots like I'm picking the ball off of a rack, which I never did before. And that wasn't because I was thinking about it. I still wasn't thinking. I was just doing the way that I practiced, and I didn't even know that I was doing it again. I didn't think, and that's why I was so good though. Like I was a starting point guard as a freshman on varsity. We won the CIF championship. And yeah, so that's the thing. I think that you're overthinking everything. No, Even whatever but that, that's whatever the thing. advice your dad gave you, whether it's wrong or right, if you overthink anything, it just is going to negatively impact But But that's, that's the thing was I wasn't thinking at all back then. I wasn't thinking. Yeah. And that's why I was a starting point guard on varsity as a freshman, on the, the only player to ever do that in my high school. And and, right. and and we won the CIF championship, and I was doing huge stuff. By the time I was in college, when you saw me in college, my game had deteriorated so bad because it, it, it's a long story, but... And, and as a freshman in high school, I was my dribbling everything like that was perfect. But my shot, I was because I was picking up off of a rack. I wasn't thinking, but just the way I was shooting the way I was practicing, and 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 I was shooting with my left foot straight forward. At this time, at that time, I hadn't even started shooting with my left foot straight forward. My dad hadn't tried to fix my shot. At that time, I was still shooting automatic, but I was shooting wrong because I was picking, I was practicing picking up off of a rack. So at that point, I'm I'm shooting wrong, and it's it's like I'm picking up off of a rack. Then. After my freshman year, then my dad's like, okay, Ryan, you're shooting with your left foot in front of your right foot. And that's because I couldn't step. If you're picking the ball for Rocky, you can't step. But my dad, like, I'm, I'm not mad at my dad. I understand that he didn't play basketball. He didn't know. But he's like, okay, you're shooting with your left foot. Yeah, so he's like, you're shooting with your left foot in front of your right. He just shouldn't have got the shootaway machine, man. He just shouldn't. So, but but it doesn't matter. It's all over now. But, and things worked out. But all I'm saying is. I think a big step for you would yeah. to be to get over that hump of. It's kind of shifting blame on your dad because I've heard this story so many times. Yeah, and I constantly see that this is like a buildup in your life where it's just a yeah. negative, just constant negativity about this memory. Yeah, and I think it would be a huge step for you to kind of put this behind you and also look back on it in a positive way because a lot of people don't have dads that are supportive yeah. of what they did. Well, I mean, I would. Yeah. Um, the thing is, what my current fiance, when there, when she was asking me, oh, who, who am I going to have a call with? I said, oh, it's one of my, my best friends from college. And then that story that you repeat over and over again, I told it to her. Yeah. And you know what her comment was? Well, at first, it's like, oh, my God. 
him a shoot-away machine? Like, yeah. Do you know how blessed he is? Because my, my, my fiancé comes from Taiwan. Yeah. It's not a very – and not a very wealthy family. Yeah. And I showed her what the shoot-away machine looked like, and she was just blown away. Like, parents do that for their kids. Like, that's how much love and, like, support they give to their kids for sports. Like, yeah. absolute – you have no idea. And you know what? I I would I would not I I would be happy with my dad and I would be in a good mood with him and be treating but the thing is he 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 has chose from that it, it, it turned violent. And I and I I told I told you about that. It turned violent yeah. in high school. And then and then and then ever since college, he really didn't talk to me and I was not allowed to talk about the past. That's a problem. And then when I showed him the quadrant model sophomore year of college, he completely cut me off. He stopped talking to me, period. Same thing with my mom. And and at that point I wasn't I wasn't crazy. I was in a normal state. I was in the same state as, as I was with when you were there. And yeah. and that that you know, it's it's just it would just be nice if I could, you know, be able to talk to him and tell him about what happened. Tell him because I, that's when I figured this stuff out that about the how I stepped into it. Just tell him about this and 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 you know, if someone respects you, they let you speak to them. They let you talk they let you explain things. They listen. Listening so important, so valuable, and it's a really big, big sign of respect for somebody to listen to them, especially if it's your son. So yeah, I absolutely, absolutely agree with that. I, I can feel your pain if they're if you're not being listened to. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've never met your dad. I don't. Yeah. I don't know anything about him. But um, but but let's. Yeah, I feel like there's a huge gap of this story missing where he's gone from such a loving dad who's supportive yeah. of basketball to. Not wanting to speak to you. There must have been some extremely yeah. Yeah, dramatic so, or dramatic. Yeah, well, I told you. I told you. So, sophomore year of college, it, it got violent. I mean, sophomore year of high school, it got violent because I'm I'm trying to fix my shot. My dad's super frustrated. My, yeah. my my dad my dad is really frustrated about how I'm playing, and he doesn't know it's a shootaway machine. He thinks that there's something wrong with me. You have to keep that in mind. So my dad's angry. I'm angry. We're yelling. Uh, we were yelling in the seventh grade about my shot. At the same time, he got the shoe machine, so I know that we were yelling in the eighth grade. We were because there was something wrong with it. But it, it's, I think that he we couldn't we couldn't figure out it was a shoot away because you know at the same time when we got the shoe machine, I started shooting higher. Like I said before, I shot my chest, and at that time, I started shooting higher, like at, at my uh, at my forehead. And I think that he thought it was because I was shooting higher at my forehead, and and he didn't know it was because of the way I was stepping into it. Yeah. So. I mean, it was just so many like factors went together that that colluded to create a, a pretty sad situation. And I and, think I think another thing is that the way the words used to describe this memory, like yeah. violent, yeah, and and people getting aggressive and getting out of control, like these these words that used to describe this memory, yeah, I think are also kind of tinting your your image of, of your dad. Because I hear these stories, and yeah, at face value, I hear violence. I hear a very, very traumatic experience with your dad. But the underlining foundation of the story is a father and son trying to yeah. work together to, to be the best basketball player. Yeah, and, and, and that's the and thing. The underlining story, that, that story, that foundation, you need to understand not everyone else has. And I'm, I'm so grateful. You know what? I, I I talk about this in the podcast I made the other day with this with this group called Nobodies or Somebodies. It's a it's a really popular podcast. I get they let me on their show and they're gonna post it. And I talked about all this and I talked about how growing up, yeah, I'm so fortunate. I wouldn't have been a great basketball player if it wasn't for my dad because he took me from the age of five. He took me everywhere we would. And you you talk about the same thing, Jay. You and your dad, the same thing. 
My dad took me everywhere. Every single court. He, every day. All day. We're driving to different courts. We're shooting. Okay, we can't find this court. Let's find a gym. My dad would sneak me into gyms. Into college gyms so I can shoot at the college gyms all day, every day with my dad. That's all we did. And how much love is that? And I would not have been such a great player if it wasn't for my dad. And he also was the one who told me to shoot sideways. That's why I was such a great shooter. Cause, cause, but he didn't know it's because my left foot was pointed out. That's the thing. That when I was picking him off the shooter, he would say he would still tell me shoot sideways like you used to. But he didn't know. He thought that that, that I don't know why. But he he thought that I put my left foot straight forward. We don't need to get into all that. But yeah. but yeah, that's the reason why it was so. And, and we had a great relationship. We we do need to get into all that because that is a thing that is like your crutch. Your your you're leaning on this thing. And kind of making yourself a victim. Because at the end of the day, you you know who Sean Marion is, right? The NBA player? Yeah, With yeah. The, he has a, he has a messed ridiculous, up shot. hideous shot that made the NBA. Yeah, but the good dude's also 6'6 and, like, you know, really athletic. Yeah. yeah but that's besides the point, though. His shot is absolutely potentially the, one of the worst. But, but, but he, but he shoots NBA. with his left foot pointed out. And that's the key. You can shoot funny, but with if your left foot's pointed out, then you're going to shoot well. I've, I've studied this stuff. But, but the thing is, okay, so regardless, there's been – there's even other other NBA players that have Ke- Kevin, the most atrocious shots. Kevin Durant right? shoots with his left foot straight forward. He has an ugly-looking shot, but he's also 6'11". It's Who? Kevin Durant. Oh, I love his shot. I think his shot's nice. Yeah, but – yeah, some people are also some people are also pigeon toed. Some people are also pigeon toed. I'm not pigeon toed. I, I have I have externally rotated legs. But all I'm saying is, it, my shot became mechanical, and it's because of this shoot away machine. Before it was not mechanical at all. And and yeah. and we it's it that's that's just something that that's something in the past. Okay, we'll move on. I, hopefully one day my dad will let me talk to him, and we can have we can mend our relationship because I I just want to talk. I don't want to you know I just want to be able to have a, a someone who can who can uh, treat 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 me normally. That my dad, a dad who can treat me normally, who could just talk to me and have a normal relationship without having to hold on to baggage, and a part of the baggage is not being able to talk to me. So, again, it's it, it's fine. I I'm I'm willing to do that. He's the one who's not willing to do that. He's the one who's not willing to talk to me, and it's it's a it's a sign of immaturity and, and stubbornness. But that's fine. We I I under I understand because I know that he's the he went through so much trauma. He, 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 he wanted to kill himself in high school and when I was in high school. And he told me that because he was so upset about how I was playing. He was, he was, he was that upset. Yeah. So. I can understand. Yeah, that'd be definitely scarring and traumatic as a high schooler to hear your dad say that. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, we're, we're grown men now, right? We're both, we're both 30. You're 30, right? Yeah, 30, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, imagine us having kids right now and how many mistakes we'd make. Oh yeah. I mean, well, hopefully, hopefully you have kids soon, Jay, with because you're yeah, you should no, get married. No, I'm so, just saying, so I'm just thinking of myself, like if I if I had a kid right now and we were doing basketball, like how emotionally attached I'd be to him and his progress and success, success, and I know my personal faults as far as. Maybe maybe anger management and getting emotional, and I still do. I get very emotional sometimes on the smallest things. Someone looks at me wrong when I'm in the parking lot, or and someone's in the in there in the wrong and they're driving incorrectly and they're looking at me and blaming me. I can see myself getting just incoherently angry. You know, dude. Same thing with me, Jay, and maybe that's why we get along. Why is it that about us? 
No, I think that goes with your dad too. I think it goes with every human being. We just sometimes we just mess up. We just mess up emotionally. But so when we when I hear your dad, no matter how crazy he got, how violent he got, I mean, I relate to that because he's human like me. I could see myself doing what your dad did. I really can't. Yeah. And I would be very pained if my my son wouldn't forgive me or move on or look at it. Oh, I, I'm, I forgive him. I forgive him. I want to yeah. talk to him and I want to move on. He's the one who's not yeah. doing it, you know? Yeah. I really do forgive him. And, 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 yeah. and it's, it's just a sad situation. He didn't know the shoot away. He didn't know. It's fine. And and I'm just so fortunate that I discovered a huge theory and, and that things are going good. And I, yeah. I, I want to share that with him. And, I, and I'm so – I, I want to tell what him. Do you think, what, are, what is his feedback when you do reach out to him though? What are, what are his I'm blocked on his phone. I haven't had a chance to. I can't. I've tried over 10 years. 10 years. So what was like the last conversation? The last conversation. Okay. In 2010, when I was in college, uh, that was right after you, you left college, left UC San Diego and you went to USF play ball. And, and I was, I was left all alone without you, Jay, not just playing, but, (laughs) but, but yeah. So at that point I, I showed my dad the quadrant model. He told me, Oh, you're schizophrenic. You need to take medicine. And then my mom told me, "Oh, that's why the problems happened in high school. That's why your shot got messed up and stuff. It was because you, you started to get schizophrenia at that point." And and you know what? I did start to go crazy at that point. And and yeah. and it was because of the shoot away. I know. So and because my shot got messed up and because the basketball went terrible and all that. And even in, in college, you know, you you know me. I I was messed. My game was messed up. And my my shot was messed up. I know that. And I didn't know how to fix it. That was a sad thing. I did not know how to fix it. And it took me until I looked at the videos to see what kind of how to fix it. Yeah. So, but Let's but rewind a little bit. And, and when, at what point were you diagnosed with schizophrenia? Because I, I well, I was never saying that you were taking so, yeah. medication. No, I never was taking. I I never I never was diagnosed with schizophrenia. So I'll tell you about that. So my yeah. dad thought I had schizophrenia. But then I, I talked to my grandpa. My grandpa did not believe the quadrant model. He said that he thought I was just doing it to, to try to remain independent. So he tried to make me get a job and stuff. But my grandpa has a PhD in psychology. My yeah. grandpa studied me. He said, Ryan does not have schizophrenia. So that's yeah. number one. A PhD in psychology says no. Then my parents were trying to get me to see a doctor. Okay. Finally. But yeah. why, what triggered this? You know, well, I, I, you, you know that, that at the time in 2013, I wanted to get basketball DVDs of when I was younger. Things went a little bit out of control because my parents forced me to go to go to Kauai. But they were trying to force me to be independent, and I was trying to get the quadrant model out. This is a weird situation. And I and I wanted to get DVDs, but I was too afraid to ask my friends, and I still am. I was too afraid because I, I played with a bunch of NBA players. I you know even, even my friends, even like Ronaldo, those guys, I was too afraid to ask them, and I still am. Yeah. So so I wanted to get respect and stuff first, and I was posting the quadrimal stuff. My mom was hiding the stuff. We don't need to get into all this stuff. But it, it, it's, it's so much stuff. But anyways, yeah, th- things went out of control. But before this, my parents were trying to get me to take medicine, before I ever acted out. And I'd never acted yeah, out I before this. this in college, right? Yeah. Was I, it in high school when they first started trying to get you to take medication or did it start? In yes, college? in high school, they tried to make me take medication. In high school... They did make me take medication because my shot, again, because me and my dad were fighting and they thought, okay, maybe if we get him to take medication. But again, that was not nothing, that was a dumb thing to do. I, I have. Wait, so it started in what, freshman year, sophomore, or junior year in high school? Senior year? Uh, junior year high school. Junior so, year high school? Yes. So just because of the shot, they thought that you had schizophrenia? They didn't think I had schizophrenia. They they thought they thought at that time that I just needed to to calm down so that me and my dad would stop fighting so much. 
so what was the diagnosis for that specific For that one, I didn't wasn't diagnosed with anything. The, the doctor just said, my mom said, I think he has obsessive compulsive disorder because he, you know, he, he's trying to fix his shot and we can't, and, and he's, and he's obsessing about it. And the doctor's oh. like, okay. So the doctor's like, okay, like he's obsessing. Okay. We'll give him some Prozac. So he gave me some Prozac. Prozac is just a normal drug that, that makes people calm down. Yeah. Is, is it for OCD specifically? It, yeah, people who take OCD, but you see, these things are for anything. These drugs are not—they're not really helpful. They're just—they don't actually fix chemical imbalances. All they do is they sedate people. And yeah. and my parents, and I was fighting with my dad, and my dad was beating me up, and he wanted to sedate me. So they sent me there, and they said I'm obsessing about my shot, and 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 uh, and so they, they they decided to try to sedate me. So I took so I took a little uh, that a little bit in college, but or in high school. But then I stopped taking that, and when I got yeah. to college. So, but then, but then in, in college, and that was a, that was a mistake. That was a big mistake to give me that. But but I was never diagnosed with anything. Then in college, okay, uh, the, the crazy stuff happened while I was in Kauai. That that was a bad situation. I wanted to get the basketball DVDs. You know, th things things went out of hand. But, you know, I, if my parents would just listen to me, they thought I had schizophrenia. They weren't listening to me. My dad wouldn't talk to me. My dad had me blocked on his phone. I was stuck on Kauai. I couldn't get off. You know, I acted out. And it was a, a sad situation. And I wanted to get, you know, the quadrant stuff out. And I didn't know how at that point. I didn't. Now I have all the stuff on Facebook and stuff. At that point, I didn't realize how to do all that. And again, my mom had my Facebook password. She was hiding on my posts. And then, I, and then after she hid my posts, then I started writing crazy posts. And then everything backfired. Things went crazy. If I feel like if people would have just listened to me, it would have been better. But we don't need to get into all the soap opera. It's all soap opera. But but what ended up happening was just to prove that I didn't have a schizophrenia or any mental illness. After that, my parents, my 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 uh, my aunt tried to force me to see a doctor, a psychiatrist. I got in a fight with my aunt. She called the police. The police. She told the police I had schizophrenia. I'd never been diagnosed with schizophrenia. The police took me to the to the psych ward because because I had fought with my aunt. Okay, at the psych ward, they took me. Like physically fought or orally fought? Uh, my my aunt was thought I had schizophrenia. She she was doing crazy stuff, and I didn't physically fight with her, but I pulled out the keys of her car. We were on the street. I pulled out the keys of her car because she called me a loser. Oh, you told me this. Yeah. You told me this. So thing. so this. so then 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 they took me to the to the psych ward. But but this is what, what proves I don't have schizophrenia. So then when I got to the psych ward. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in there. They, they sent, sent me to see the doctor and this is what they told me. They told me if a doctor says you don't have a mental illness and I knew this already cause I was a psychology major. So, so if, if you, if the doctor says you don't have a, a mental illness, then you don't have a mental illness. So I, so, so, so the doctor gave me the DSM, the study in the DSM. And then the doctor told me you don't have schizophrenia. That's for sure. You don't have hallucinations. You don't have delusions. You don't have, uh, delusional thinking because you know if he, he said if i had delusional thinking he said even he said even though he knew about the quadrant model because he, he he looked it up online he said he said he said if someone has delusional thinking and schizophrenia they're not able to not talk about it but he, he right. said he said because he was talking to me and I, and I and i was intentionally not talking about it he said that was a sign that i don't have it he said if, right. if i had schizophrenia then i would be talking about it but i wasn't so yeah. so he, he said you don't have schizophrenia he but he told me that he wanted to keep me there for a week just to study me just to see yeah. what was going on. So he kept me there for a week. And this is what really shows I don't have a mental illness. Because, you know, he studied me for a week. After the week, he, he said that he was he was curious to see if I had bipolar disorder. That's what he wanted to see. So he wanted to study me for a week. And and, and that's that, that that was a that's a weird thing that they can do that. But he did that. 
and then yeah. and then and then so he studied me for a week. After the week, he said he called my mom. He said to my mom, "Your son has no mental illness. He does not have bipolar disorder. He does not have schizophrenia." And he, and then my mom said, "You he tricked you. He tricked you." And then this is what the doctor told me. He told her, he said, "No, you can't trick a doctor. If someone has schizophrenia, then." Then he had then 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 it's unmistakable. He said, if yeah. someone has schizophrenia or bipolar disorder, it, you 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 can tell. There's no way that he can hide it. He said, if if he's hiding it, then he doesn't have it. You know, you can't hide right. that. You can't hide having uh, not having a mental illness. It's right. it's unmistakable. So this, was, this was said in front of you, like they. That's what he told. That's what he told. That's what he told my mom. No, he told my mom that not with me there, and my mom told me he told her that, but he told me that also. Yeah. Separately. And and the nurse told me that. And, and so yeah. my mom knew that. Where, where was this? This was still in Kauai? That was that was in uh San Diego. That was at, at uh um what was it called? I forget the name of the hospital. But uh, no, Tri City Tri City Medical Center. Tri City Medical Center. Yeah, who paid for those bills? That that sounds expensive to stay in somewhere for seven days. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea who paid for that. That's a, that's a that's a good question to ponder. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's my mom and dad because they wanted yeah. me there. They they they, they wanted me there, they, and and they told the doctor they want they were trying to force him to make me take medicine, and that's what they were trying to force me in college. The first day I showed them the quadrant model, they were trying to force me to take medicine, and I in and, and, you know they tried to force me to take medicine in high school because of the because of the shoot away. So they already were predisposed to a negative viewpoint of me. So and, and and the thing is, I you know, medicine doesn't help people, and so so and I knew that, and and, and this, so I told him no, I'm not going to take the medicine. And then the doctor agreed. He said no, you don't need to take medicine. He told my mom that. He told, but my mom insisted that I that I that I trick them. And the thing is, my mom's not a doctor. She's not a psychologist. My grandpa told my mom and dad too. My grandpa said, listen, guys. Ryan doesn't have a mental illness. He doesn't have bipolar or psych or or schizophrenia. My grandpa has a PhD in psychology, or, or in, in psychology. He 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 was a marriage counselor and he was a counselor in general. So so that th that's that's the fact there. So I was never diagnosed with it. Then when I went and then it's a it's a long story from there. But even after that, one doctor said that he thought that I may have pre schizophrenia. But he said I didn't have schizophrenia, but he thought it might have been pre-schizophrenia. Then, after that though, I went to another doctor, and that doctor gave me the DSM, he gave me the MMPI, multiple multiphasic personality uh, in, uh, inventory test, he gave me a, a IQ test, and he gave me um, an interview, and he interviewed my parents, and he interviewed my family. And the doctor said, Ryan does not have a mental illness. He doesn't have bipolar. And then that's when he he ordered my mom and dad to stop making me take, try to, or she ordered my mom and dad to stop making me take medicine. She said, you guys have to stop it. And that was the last time my parents tried to make me take medicine. Was there ever a peaceful time where, where you were taking the medicine? No, I, 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 never, I never was taking the medicine. Like I said, in high school for like... For like a year, I took the Prozac, and that wasn't for anything. I never took any medicine. Like I said, the, the doctor who thought I had pre-schizophrenia, he, I was, I was in there, I was in, I was in that place for what happened was my parents 
It's it's a long story. My parents would not let me get a place to stay, and they said, "Once we give you, once you start taking medicine, we'll give you a place to stay." So I went to the hospital. I went to the to the psych ward, and I asked them, "Can I talk to the doctor in here so that I can tell, so that he can tell my parents to make me to to, to stop trying to make me take medicine?" It, because I knew I knew the DSM, I knew how the stuff worked, and I knew I didn't have a mental illness. So they said, "Okay, we'll let you speak to the doctor." But they let me in, but then they ended up saying, wait, you, okay, you can't speak to the doctor because you don't have any symptoms of a mental illness. So I wasn't allowed in. So then I left, and then I was homeless. And then my parents were saying, well, once you start taking medicine, we'll give you a house to stay in. So I went, so, so I, I, I told the people at the psych ward, they told me, we, we can't let you in unless you, unless you have symptoms of a mental illness or you say you're suicidal. So I told them, and this was a mistake, stupid mistake, but I didn't know. I told them, okay, I'm suicidal. Can I talk to the doctor? Then they let me in. But because I made the mistake of saying I was suicidal, they have, it's, it's called liability. If they let me out and anything happens to me, they can get sued. So they have to keep me in there now until I start taking medicine. But I didn't know that at the time. So I told them I, told them I was suicidal just so I could get in there so I could talk to the doctor. Now they say, I can't get out. But the doctor, I talked to the doctor and the doctor told me, okay, you don't have a mental illness. Because I, I, he gave me the DSM. He said, you don't have a mental illness, so I'm going to let you out. But my, my, my grandma, but I called my grandma. I told my grandma, yeah, the doctor said I don't have a mental illness. And, and, I, and, and I, told, I told the doctor, well, can you talk to my mom and dad? He said, and tell them that. And he, and he said, well, I have to sign a waiver for that. But I didn't want him to, to talk to my mom and dad until I was out of the psych ward. But then I called my grandma and I told her about what happened. My grandma knew that I was desperately wanting to get basketball DVDs of when I was younger. So my grandma told me she blackmailed me. She said, okay, well, I will th if, if you don't let your parents talk to the doctor right now, I'm going to throw away your basketball DVDs, the ones you had. And I hadn't put them up online yet. And this was some DVDs of me in, in, the, fi in the final four AU Nationals making like four threes, uh, you know, five threes, pl playing with uh, – and I have them online now on YouTube, uh, playing, you know, some game. And I had a lot, a lot of better DVDs that were lost during this time when I was playing with South Coast, the number one team in the country, making five, six threes all the time. I had DVDs of that. But my grandma said, I'm going to throw away your DVDs unless you let your parents talk to the doctor. So my parents talked to the doctor. My dad told the doctor, you, you need to make him take medicine, you know. So the doctor told me, he said, you don't have a mental illness, but it's possible you have pre-schizophrenia. I'm going to put you on a drug and see the lowest he told me it's the lowest dose and he and he said just take this and you know and and that's it and, and again like he had liability if he if he let me out and and he didn't make me take anything after i said i was suicidal which i wasn't then he's gonna be screwed you know so i told him I'm, i don't want to take it he told me okay i'll let it's a long story but he told me i'll let you uh go uh, why don't you just take a shot you don't have to take any medicine i'll just give you a shot and I thought, okay, shot. I thought the shot was just going to last a day. So I thought, okay, cool. I'll take a shot. He gave me a shot. It was a long-acting injectable. I didn't know that. It lasted two months. It gave me brain damage. It gave me breast tissue in my breast. Um, it gave me tar uh, tardive dyskinesia where my finger involuntary twitches. And it also gave me retrograde ejaculation where I wasn't able to ejaculate for months. Yes, it was brutal. 
but that was the only time I ever took it, and, and that, that that pretty much like wiped me out for a second. But yeah, and then for those two months, what was your relationship with your parents like? Like then, I was drooling. I, I, I it was terrible. It was a terrible relationship. Uh, I, I, I almost died. Um, I, I almost died. It, it wasn't, it wasn't any type of medicine. It, it, you have no idea how painful that is. It's, it, you know, back in the day, Jay, what they did was they tortured people who were unwanted members of society, and they tortured them to try to, you know, to, to, to intimidate them and, and, and put them in place. And that's what they do today. But they do it with drugs. It's, these aren't these aren't medicines. These are torturing devices. So yeah, for for those two months, I was I was uh, drooling and stuff. But but th- what they say is, you know, with with, the, with these medicines, you're supposed to take them for the rest of your life, every single one of them. The thing is, like, and, and my my grandpa told me, my grandpa said, how could the doctor have done that to you? He said he didn't have any symptoms of a mental illness, and even the doctor admitted that. The doctor said I didn't have a mental illness. He said that I might be pre schizophrenic. And my grandpa even told me there's no such thing as pre schizophrenia. There's no such thing as that. And I, so, so it was, it was really, it was, it was politics. My dad forced the doctor to do that. And then after that, I went to a new doctor because after that, they put, sent me to the outpatient program because I didn't have a place to live. And they, and I was forced to do, you know, my, my, my aunt forced me to do that. Otherwise I'd be living on the streets and, and, and I was in pain. So when I went to the outpatient program, that's when they gave me the, the, the tests. That's when they, I told the doctor there. My grandpa says I don't have a mental illness and he's a PhD, you know, I, and all this stuff. And I told, and I told her, can you give me the tests and, and, and tell my parents to stop making me take medicine? So then she gave me all the tests. This was before the, the medicine started secreting. She gave me all the tests. It takes two weeks before the medicine starts secreting. So that's even more proof that I never had a mental illness. This is when I first got out of that hospital. This is before the medicine starts secreting. What it is, is a, it's a microsphere that goes in your butt. It takes two weeks to start secreting. So at this point, it was nothing was secreting. She gave me the M- MMPI. She gave me all the tests that, that they're supposed to give you that they didn't give that that other doctor didn't didn't give me and she said yes you do not have a mental illness and again she told then she told then, then I was on the conversation with my mom and 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 uh and, and my aunt and the doctor and and the nurse and they and she told my mom you have to stop trying to make your son take medicine and my mom was like I just want him to be independent she got that from my grandpa my grandpa thought that I was just using the quadrant model to stay independent uh to, to stay independent on them so that they could take care of me. He didn't think I actually thought that I believed the theory of everything. He thought that I was just doing it as a strategy. He said. So she told she told my mom, no, he's not. the the he, she, the, the doctor looked at my at the quadrant stuff that I had online. She said it's not. This is this is you know it's actually kind of genius stuff. And she said, and, and but but the way that it works is if you have a mental illness, you can't hide it. When I was with them, I never mentioned the quadrant model. I never mentioned anything. And so they say, yeah. So he does not have a mental illness. If you have a mental illness, you can't hide stuff, and and we can t- and we know that he doesn't have a mental illness. You can't fool a doctor. They told her, so they said you have to. They ordered her to stop. They ordered my aunt to stop, and 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 uh, and that was the last time. So, you know, the the fact of the matter is, I've had you know four doctors say I don't have a mental illness. Actually, five if you include the guy. You know, every single one, even the even the one who thought that I had pre schizophrenia said I didn't have a mental illness. And he didn't even think I had pre-schizophrenia. He thought maybe I do. And then he tricked me into taking a shot, which was dumb. So, so I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about this now and I, I put this on my podcast right now because I don't want to talk about it anymore. I just want, I just wanted to be, you know, the, that, that to be set straight. That's yeah. all, that's all on the table now. Yeah. But I, but I want to, I want to talk 
Next, next, next time we talk, Jay, I want to talk just about Jay Way and what's going on with yeah. Jay Way. But, but, but yeah, I've got like ten minutes left on my next meeting. Yeah, for, for yeah. so for ten minutes, let's let's hear let's hear a little bit about Jay. So so what what's going on, man? So so you you played you played professional ball at Taiwan. Tell me a little bit about that, and also tell me a little bit about your comedy that you're doing because I know you're a yeah, comedian. So, um, yeah, basketball. I, just, I played two and a half years in Taiwan, and um, it's a lot different than the U.S. Obviously, there's a huge discrepancy in the quality of basketball, the mentality of basketball, the conditions, the treatment of players. In the U.S., sports is glorified, right? We, we think NBA mm-hmm. players are gods. In Taiwan, if you tell your everyday Joe that you play basketball, there's a very high likelihood that this individual will look down on you, thinking that you didn't study hard enough to get a normal job. Because basketball is like... Um, a route for dummies who all they do is just play basketball and they don't have a they didn't hmm. excel in school so there's there's a lack of respect and it, it's interesting as a player that's grown up in the u.s to go overseas and to have that shift in dynamic where people aren't respecting you because you're a basketball player and how that shifts your passion for that that sport i love basketball but it definitely I, I would be lying if i say it didn't take a chip away from that passion when you realize the mainstream society, the the upper echelon of, of Taiwan, when they hear professional basketball, they think, what? Nobody watches that. Or like, what a bunch of idiots running around um, <laughs> with, with low salary. So it's nothing. nothing so, so it's low salary over there, huh? Even, I mean, like the highest... Highest players, highest paid players are the are the imports of every team. So every team gets one import, or I think now they have two imports, hmm. and they can make anywhere from seven thousand dollars a month to twenty thousand dollars a month, which is great, right? But that's that that's one bad, American yeah. player who's usually um, a humongous center. I mean, we yeah. I think a year ago, two years ago, we had the. Uh, a guy named Sim Bular, if you heard of him, he was on the segment of Kings for a little bit. He's an Indian seven foot five player. Yeah, I don't, I never heard of him, but yeah, he's like the first, first ever drafted Indian American player. But he's humongous, and those are the players that these Asian teams look for because they have a bunch of guards. They have tons of guards. They just need this gigantic import player. It's funny how like the best teams are the. The teams that win championships are just the teams that pick the best import player. I mean, the locals, I would say, if you were to quantify their effect on the actual results of the game, um, I would say it's like 10%. So were you considered a local since you're you're Taiwanese, or were you an import? Yeah, I would be considered a a local, uh, given that I have a passport, a Taiwan passport. Yeah. So that career ended... And I ended up just starting a tech company in Taiwan. And, uh, I want to. I, I wouldn't care if they were treat if they were treating me like a second class citizen. I want to go to Taiwan and play some ball. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's that's the mentality. Of, like the very diehard basketball players had, and to be very honest, I don't think I was ever a, like a diehard diehard basketball. I was yeah. in a, a diehard pursuit of 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 winning. And becoming the, uh, the best I could be. Yeah. Basketball was just a a means of, of fulfilling that type of uh, gap in my life or my or setting goals around that. Mm-hmm. So 
I kind of channeled my energy, I would still have that same competitive mindset. I wanted to be the best, whether it be ping pong or or soccer or something. If I got into something, I want to be the best. And I, I guess that's the same mentality I brought into starting a company too, is that I wanted to be the most successful company. And that same work ethic has proven, um, I mean, it's a cliche that, that, work hard, that working hard pays off, and it definitely has. Uh, but uh, being in shelter at home here in the, in the U.S., another outlet, another passion of mine is obviously just telling jokes. And I started a, a TikTok account with my fiance, and we just tell stories, tell jokes on TikTok. Whoa. And I, I never use TikTok. TikTok. I never use it. You know why? Because they, say, cause they said – and I don't believe it necessarily, but I'm not taking any chances because the freaking people say that they think it's chi- China uh, – like a malware or something. Um, I mean, right now it's, it's the entity is in, in the U.S. Huh. So I mean, they 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 have their they have tons of employees in the U.S. As far as malware, I think anything could be considered malware. I think face, Facebook technically could be considered malware depends, depending on how they use the data, right? Yeah. Um. So it's perspective, and I think that there's definitely more good than bad that's coming out of TikTok, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, I definitely want to do it, but I'm I have so I have all the different social medias right now, and I'm just like I don't I don't necessarily want to take any risk of of malware, but so I'm just not gonna. But I understand like it that's irrational. I understand that, but that's the yeah, only reason why it's not. All good. Yeah, there's, there's no. I would say yeah, you, you have you have you're 100 justified in those those ideas. Huh. But just from sharing my point of view, I just think that the the app itself, like the algorithm, and in, in, in the way that it it lets people with no audience to gain exposure, just off, um, you could have zero followers, and that's how we started. We had zero followers, and we yeah. made videos, and we talked about, okay, no one's gonna see us anyways. Let's just make some videos for ourselves. Yeah. But the algorithm um, allows you to kind of it kind of trickles out your content to strangers. Yeah, strangers like it. They kind of continue to maximize it and in 10x its its scope, where you can reach millions. Yeah. And we started with zero followers, and within like a month, we had like 10,000 followers. And wow. uh, a, couple, a couple weeks later, we were uh, like 100,000, 120,000 followers on TikTok, and uh, we made some. We kind of spent more effort in our videos. And now we're at like eight hundred and ten thousand followers. What? Yeah. Holy crap, dude! Are you making money yeah. off that? So we do make money off the views. Like it's not a lot of money. It's something like two to three U.S. cents per a thousand views or something like that. So it's how? Like very minuscule. So I mean, how? Not, how, how much have you? Money. It's really just about sharing yeah. our sense of humor, our comedy. Dude. Um, it's another way of. I mean, the other, other bonus of having this type of audience is sometimes brands will reach out and do collaborations. So we've yeah. found a cool way of kind of intertwining brands into our comedy and kind of mentioning their brand. And uh, yeah, it's been interesting to go from zero to 810,000 in just a matter of months. Dude, in a matter of months. So that, that's been since you've been in the United States. That's actually only been since the end of July. I'd say like August. August yeah, till now. Yeah, because you've been in the United States for a while now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, when I first, when the lockdown first started, I wasn't doing anything. I was so you're like famous now, dude. You're famous no. now. 
no, far from famous. I wouldn't say famous, but I must say that we have been recognized, like out in public, a few times. Um, we went to like the Nike store, and people recognized us, even though we were wearing face masks. We've been stopped at, uh, um, yeah, different stores. I really want to meet your. Well, I guess I could look it up online though. But I, yeah, I really want to meet your girlfriend, dude. Yeah, we could say that for the next call. But yeah. Hey, hey. So, uh, do you remember? Do you remember in college your girlfriend? Who? I do, Alisa. Alisa, yeah, she was really nice, huh? She was a really Super nice girl. Nice. <laughs> what, what what was it what was that thing that, that you told me about again with, with the nose so i remember the first time i ever asked you hey do these girls looking and and then you rub your nose and smiled at me and said uh other than that yeah she's really good looking really i said that that's so stupid <laughs> oh my gosh i can't believe i said that but uh no but yeah she was good she was good looking she was super nice Super, super nice, yeah. I was just immature, and timing wasn't right for me, and I was all over the place. Dude, I think we're, mentally. we're all immature then, dude. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't know a lot of stuff. Actually, I feel like I was really mature, though, uh, in, in freshman, sophomore, although I was, like, you know, really getting into the mystical crap, very, very mystical stuff. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. Like, I was going, I was maybe even getting, like, really deep into that. Heck, yeah. Yeah. But... But hey, hey, so 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 Jay, I want to ask you a question. Can can we talk about alcohol and in in other substances on this on this? Or no? Yeah, why not? Well, we only we have two and a half minutes, but yeah, we can. Touch so on this. So so do do you want to talk about uh like when we were in when we were in uh UCSD, everyone's taking Adderall, huh? Before the tests and stuff. And, and yeah, that was a big thing. I mean, that was my first time ever trying Adderall, and. Uh, I think it was just more like curiosity and trying to understand why everyone else is taking it. But definitely, is it makes you focused. Have you ever taken Adderall? I never taken it. No. I've uh, I've never, never I still have never drank alcohol, Jay. Never. Never. You know that? Remember when I was in college? Oh, by the way, you you're, you're supposed to you owe me that you're supposed to smoke marijuana. Oh yeah. No. Said, oh said, my gosh, dude. What did I say? Twenty twenty, the world would be over. No, I said 20, 2012. Yeah, New 2012. Year, it was before New Year's. You said, yeah, if, the, if we're still alive in 2020, I promise to. I, I, I didn't say I'm still alive. I said if it's not the end of the world, and it was the end of the world. I, I revealed the Quadramal. That was the end of the world as we knew it, Jay. There's there's always. It's over. Under, yeah, yes. There's always, uh, what's it called? Uh, what was it called? Like the, the, the little print? The fine print. There's always fine print. And the fine print, like you got to look. You see, you see th- there, there's other ways of, of understanding things. Like there, there's deeper meanings. And when I said. At the end of 2012, if it's not the end of the world. And what I meant was the end of the world as we knew it. And what I and what I meant was... All right, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Was, was I, it, I, don't, I don't want you to smoke marijuana anyways. Well, but, no, but I might. Yeah. Hey, hey, AJ, I might. It, it, some, some, sometime I might try it. Just, and just yeah. because you said that, I might try it. If the quadrant stuff gets big and stuff and then we, we meet up one day and I'm with you... And then we and then we're on TV and they got cameras all around us because you know hopefully at that point we're really famous and stuff, and and then and then for that like really unique interview or whatever I will I will take like a puff of it just for you Jay. You don't even need to take a puff. You, you have gummies I'll, now. You just eat I'll, a gummy. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll do a gummy or I'll I'll, I'll smoke the whole joint, whatever. Oh my god. Yeah, no, I, I would. I don't really uh, dabble that that much in that anymore. But uh, yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Hey, hey, but uh, so so, 
Yeah, I got I to hop off right hey, now. Hey, 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 Jay, it was really good talking to you, and I want to talk to you again, but this time I want to just talk about Jay, all right? Can we yeah, do that? for sure. Can we do that? And, and we'll, it, definitely, right, bro. we'll definitely put that on our, all right, bro. our, our agenda next time. But yeah, I enjoyed talking to you. Mark, you got you to gotta know I'm always here for you, and if you ever want to talk about anything um, personal, non-personal, what's going through your head, I'm always... And, and that's what I love about you, Jay, because you were always there for me. You're always listening. We we're always philosophizing, and you were the best, dude. With that, so. yeah. I guess my last tidbit of of uh, of advice, because I, I don't. Every time I hear your story, I just constantly just pray that that you and your family's relationship kind of yeah. comes back together. And I think that uh, even if you think you're in the hundred percent right and they're in the hundred percent wrong, be the bigger person. Yeah. And just continue to reach out. Even if you I'm going to continue. Feeling, I'm going to continue, bro. Yeah. Through email, through Facebook, just constantly check in and do not mention anything about the past or saying. Well, that, that's, you, that's you the tendency to yeah. kind of like bring it up. Like That's the problem is I want to talk about the past. Just don't bring it up. Just, just try to be in the present, live in the present and yeah. try to enjoy time because time flies. Yeah. Time flies goes by so fast. We're 30 years old now. Yeah. Our parents are getting older. So, I mean, well, I'm, I'm, I, I, I just want them to respect me and let me talk about that, you know. And, and, and I was, I'm, I'm going to talk about the past with them, but yeah, I'm going to continue to try to reach out to them, but I'm going to try to be as kind to them and tell them, you know, I'm so grateful for you guys. I'm so grateful, yeah. dad. You were the best. Thank you so much for all that. But at the same time, yeah, the shoot away, I want to just tell you about that, but Hey, I'm so grateful for everything though. You yeah. know, I think but. some, some things I can just tell you from a third person perspective, some things aren't, aren't healthy to just continue to grind away and pick apart. Yeah. something as, it, well, I've it's, never, it's really, yeah. it's really tough to, there's so many points of views that if you talk to experts, basketball players, you invite Stephen Curry, everyone, you talk about the shooting machine stuff and say that it was your dad's fault. I think everyone would have their own opinion on on this. There's, there's yeah. no black and white. Well, I, I, I think, think it's, I think I know the best because I was the one who was in it and, and I know how I, my mind I thought. I agree. You yeah. absolutely do. But the thing is, you, you understand your dad is another person too. So your dad has his own opinion about that too. No, but he, my dad would agree too. My dad, dad even agrees. My mom told me my yeah. dad agrees. My mom, my mom sent me a text message. She said, "Your dad knows the shootaway messed up your shot," and and you know I was subconscious before that. I, yeah, I, so I, then in, in that case, like let, let it be. If you if that's what you wanted as closure, is it's yeah, but, admitting it, then but, it's, it should be done. But but I, I'd like to talk to him face to face and everything. But it, it, that's a that's a whole another story. But but yeah, but. I, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I think it's so important that people let people say what's what they want to say and not, not make it, not make conditions and not because conditions is a sign of, of power. Some, someone has power over you. It's a, it's a, and it's even a way of looking down upon somebody. If, if it's not harmful, if I can just talk on the phone and, and tell somebody something, if they have respect for you, then they'll listen, you know? And, but, but Hey, I, I really, I appreciate your feedback though, Jay. And, and the thing is, man, I just can't wait. Till we talk more, because I want to learn more about what's going on with you and yeah, everything. We'll be in touch. All right, Mark, I gotta hop off, but all right, Jay. Um, appreciate you. All right, bro. Stay healthy and uh, keep in touch. Great talking to you, man. All right, man. Peace. All right, peace.